this going to keep going? I mean, we were wondering if it, if it might begin to fade by now, but it looks like companies are still doing it. I mean, it's a lot of people. I just, for each of those companies, I mean, we don't have enough time to do it right now, but I would say how many people did they hire during the pandemic? And yeah. if the appetite for these products is back where it was in 2019, let's say, um, how do you keep that many more people, right? If you grew by 30% and you cut 10%, you still have a lot of extra workers that you didn't have two, two and a half years ago. Um, and so maybe you do need another round if you're finding that the appetite is going back to those 2019 levels. Um, I, I think this sort of digital future that people talked about didn't turn out to be true because lo and behold, we started to go back to the movie theater and the gym and restaurants. And I just don't think companies really knew because how could we during the pandemic where they were going and now they're not sure where they've landed for some companies it's been a softer lander landing than others uh but for some i think investors are demanding even more cost cutting and we may well see more in the future you know and these companies have grown despite all the layoffs you know i'm reminded of the, the when the dot-com bubble burst everyone said oh thousands of companies have shuttered you know and this is going to be a massive setback for the internet and e-commerce and all that. And then, you know, later on, we look back at the numbers and that world, the world of inter internet commerce didn't miss a step. Hi everyone, and welcome to the Friday, March 10th installment of the Silicon Insider, the only uncensored look at life and business in the Valley. My name is Mike Malone, and I'm here with special contributor, Scott Budman, technology reporter for NBC Bay Area. Our producer is Jordan Henderson. Our East Coast correspondent is Bob Grove. And our host, as always, is the Silicon Valley Business Journal. Okay, so word on the street this week. It may have happened after we recorded. We're recording a little bit early because we're about to get inundated with another atmospheric river in Northern California. So we may be underwater by the time you hear this. <laughs> Um, word on the street is Meta is going to do another layoff of yeah. thousands of employees. Yeah, this is interesting. It was reported. I know some employees that have actually heard it internally. So that's that's what they're saying. And and Bloomberg was the first to report that. Um, nothing from Facebook yet. No warn filing or anything like that. But uh, this is their year of efficiency. And it's interesting for Facebook. It's been a while since anything went right. I mean, they've been spending on the metaverse. Investors hated that. They've been pilloried in the press for privacy issues. Obviously, investors don't like that either. They laid off a bunch of people and their stock price has pretty much doubled since January. Laid off 11,000 and the stock was up. And even on the rumors of the layoff this week, the stock started climbing again. Clearly, Facebook is playing to investors and investors want uh, I don't know if efficiency is the right word, but they want cost cutting after yeah. all of the spending that was done on the metaverse, which even Mark Zuckerberg himself admits is A, not ready, and B, kind of a future project. Like people aren't ready to go in there now. So the yeah. idea of getting advertising revenue on that, which is Facebook's uh, you know, reason for existence, at least for the investors, is perhaps years away. Investors really got sick of hearing that and they punished the stock. And then, uh, you know, Zuckerberg really brought things back by saying, we're going to curb spending on the metaverse for now, and we're going to lay off a whole bunch of people and just cut costs everywhere we can. And that's what investors wanted to hear. So 
taking a larger perspective on all this, does this say good things about Meta or bad things about Meta? I mean, when they had the big layoff, it was like, well, they've been screwing everything up and blah, blah, blah. But then the stock went up and it's now up like 190. And now they're doing it again and the stock is continuing to climb. Does that say you were too successful, but you got too far out over your skis and now you're doing the responsible thing? So actually we are very optimistic about the company during this year of efficiency to, you know, in Zuckerberg's words. I mean, I think they might be going and saying we are now as optimistic as we used to be before you decided to change the focus to the metaverse, which is this giant question mark, both in terms of how many people are going to want to be there uh, yeah. and how much revenue the company will make. And so the optimism comes from Facebook admitting hey, we're still a cash cow when it comes to Instagram and Facebook itself and even WhatsApp, which is extremely successful. And going back to focus on those things is what investors wanted to hear because for years and years, they've just made so much money as the social media leader, both in terms of numbers of people and advertising dollars coming in. And they're going back to that clearly and saying, okay, I'm not sure that we're going to give up on the metaverse but we're not going to put all our eggs in that basket uh, just because, A, people aren't excited about it. And again, it's just not pulling in any revenue for the company. So uh, you and I have both been fielding interviews and questions and all that for the last couple of months. Is Silicon Valley dying? Is this, you know, are all this bad news? Is this actually, has it actually been bad news? I mean, the people laid off, it's been bad news. But if the market's optimistic, the way it was several years ago, that sounds like it's actually good news going on at the same time. Well, I mean, look, I, like it took you a long time to ask that question, is good news or bad news? I think that is indicative of what's going on. There are still uh, a lot of job openings, right? I mean, two yeah. jobs, 1.9 jobs for every person looking for a job is open. That's a really strong economic indicator, even as tech companies have laid off tens of thousands of workers, people are still working, wages are still fairly strong, so they're still spending, but that puts us in inflationary times. And all those Fed interest rate hikes have done only one thing, which is really, really raise interest rates. They haven't curbed inflation yet. So we have both high interest rates. And they've admitted they they blew it. They have They didn't do enough. Well, and so we're likely to see more. We have mortgage rates up back to 7%. So we have really high rates and really high prices, not as high, but still pretty high prices because inflation is still with us. And so the concern, I think, is, hey, it's going to be tougher for tech companies to borrow money because of the interest rates. But also now that we know that these tech companies are chopping people and being more, quote unquote, efficient and cutting costs that's dangerous going forward. So right now the economy is really strong, but are we plateauing going forward? And, and I think people are concerned. And so there's this big question mark heading in. And that is why the stock market has fallen so far recently, because the stock market hates uncertainty. Yeah. Uh, one little addition. It looks like Facebook is folding Messenger back in, which is kind of a retrograde move. I mean, that company always kind of moves everything outwards or keeps it at kind of at arm's length. And now taking one of the original, you know, creations and bringing it back into the company. I don't know if that signals anything, sends a message. I don't know. I think it signals that people are still using it. 
but uh, that's no shade against WhatsApp because people still use that too. The fact is these companies like WhatsApp and Instagram that Facebook bought have been tremendous successes for Facebook. They're really good at acquiring companies. As far right. as how good they are at building things from within, eh, that's been a real mixed bag. And I think the metaverse is the latest. I mean, sure, they bought Oculus, but they're trying to build this whole world around it. And so far, that just hasn't hit. But they've had, a, you know, Zuckerberg's had a genius of always skipping ahead on the zeitgeist, whatever the kids are going to want next. And uh, that's a that's a M&A game, not a internal creation game. Generally speaking, you're right. I mean, I'm kind of surprised looking back that his goal to get into the metaverse didn't involve an acquisition of, say, a Roblox or something like that, and uh, but rather to do it all by itself. And yeah. again, that hasn't worked all that well in the past uh, necessarily for Facebook or Meta. Uh, I, I saw an interesting chart this week. I hadn't seen it before. Somebody did some research and showed that the rate of layoffs in Silicon Valley or in tech has exceeded the national average of layoffs. No now, doubt. that can be taken two ways again. One of them is the tech industry is much more proactive on this stuff, you know, and when they when they trim the sales, they trim the sales while the rest of American industry kind of hesitates to do it and all that. Or, you know, they're in worse shape. I, th I have a feeling now, I thought it was the second for a long time, but now I think it was the first that Silicon Valley, they, they pull the trigger on this stuff fast nowadays. They do, largely to please investors, but also what needs to go into that equation is how fast tech grew and hired during the pandemic. Other industries that were not tech, that are not tech, uh, were worried for, I think, the whole two and a half year period, hey, this might really hit us economically. Tech saw this uh, just a once in a generation opportunity to grow because everyone was home and streaming and using software and buying all this stuff. And it grew so fast that even all those layoffs have not brought these companies to their pre-pandemic hiring levels, but only to like a year ago levels or something. And so the rest of the industry didn't lay off as many people, but it didn't grow nearly as fast as tech did. Yeah, they they jumped in with both feet while the rest of American the rest of the world hunkered down, which right. is kind of Interesting insight into the personality of these companies. Okay, I was looking at the uh, the list of layoffs in March so far. Uh, the big ones, uh, Atlassian just laid off 5% uh, of its workforce. Sirius XM, 8% of its workforce. Alerzo, 15%. Uh, Waymo, 8%. Uh, then we go back a little bit to Twitter. Uh, Needless to say, quite a few, but they've had a second round of layoffs of about 100, 200 employees. And we're starting to see some companies actually having another round, like Meta's doing right now, but also Twitio. Uh, Twilio lost 17% uh, of its workforce, 1,400 people. Is this going to keep going? I mean, we were wondering if it, if it might begin to fade by now, but it looks like companies are still doing it. I mean, it's a lot of people. I just, for each of those companies, I mean, we don't have enough time to do it right now, but I would say how many people did they hire during the pandemic? And yeah. if the appetite for these products is back where it was in 2019, let's say, um, how do you keep that many more people, right? If you grew by 30% and you cut 10%, you still have a lot of extra workers that you didn't have two, two and a half years ago. 
Um, and so maybe you do need another round if you're finding that the appetite is going back to those 2019 levels. Um, I, I think this sort of digital future that people talked about didn't turn out to be true because lo and behold, we started to go back to the movie theater and the gym and restaurants. And I just don't think companies really knew because how could we during the pandemic where they were going and now they're not sure where they've landed for some companies it's been a softer lander landing than others uh but for some i think investors are demanding even more cost cutting and we may well see more in the future you know and these companies have grown despite all the layoffs you know i'm reminded of the, the when the dot-com bubble burst everyone said oh thousands of companies have shuttered you know and this is going to be a massive setback for the internet and e-commerce and all that. And then, you know, later on, we look back at the numbers and that world, the world of inter internet commerce didn't miss a step. It continued to grow. It had a shakeout, but it kept growing at that, at that same pace all the way through good times and bad. So, and I sense that's what's going on now. Yeah, you grew 30%, you lay off 10%, but you've grown 20% in your workforce and probably 80% in your revenues and profits. So we're not going back to status quo ante. You know, we are, we've moved quite a bit ahead. And I think once the sun comes out again, I think we'll begin to realize that we're in a lot, we're a lot further down the road than we thought we were. Perhaps. And I think your example is a good one of, say, online commerce, because that wasn't just a fad that came and went, that is now the default for a lot of us and how we shop. And, and it's really part of our culture and part of our society. So yes, Amazon's stock price might rise and fall and Meta's workforce might rise and fall. But these are things that are embedded in our lives and they're not going away anytime soon because we won't let them, even if they need to occasionally cut costs to keep their investors happy. It's an adage we hear over and over again, oh, Wall Street is not the economy. And I would always push back and say, but it's part of the economy. But the yeah. fact is, it's not that big a part of the economy, I'll admit. We do things based on what our lives have turned into, and we'll still do them no matter what these companies do to keep their investors happy. Oh, yeah. I look around my house and I see how many things I purchased during the lockdown that I'm, you know, technology items, gadgets that I'm still using now. Right. You know, I didn't abandon all that stuff. It's still here and I'll be upgrading it in another year or so. Uh, Gardner Group did a survey and they're, they're wondering if uh, the demand for the tech talent crunch is over, but they did a survey right at the end of last year, the numbers just coming in and 73% uh, of tech companies are still worried about not being able to find qualified information technology trained employees. There's still a talent crunch out there, which surprises me. You know, you lay off 40,000 people. You think, well, we don't really need any new engineers for a little while, but apparently you still need good engineers no matter what. Yeah, I'm actually less surprised by that. I think that makes sense. And it's not just because of the sheer numbers of engineers or QA people or tech writers or whatever. Um, I think it's also because of the fast pace that technology moves forward and that these companies do. And, and I, I think you're going to find that for all of the Twitters that insist, we can run this ship with, you know, one eighth of the employees that we had. Uh, there are a lot of companies that really are trying to push the envelope, 
and they need skilled people to do that. And I understand that concern going forward. Um, and, and I think that's going to be a real push is these companies desire to grow and move forward with talent and their desire, at least the desire in the C-suite to please investors by cutting costs. That's going to be a battle, I think, that these these companies are going to fight within themselves. Okay, there's new legislation coming out of the Assembly, California State Assembly. This one where you have, I have two voices, you know, the devil and the angel here. You know, this is the workers, this is management and, and you know, investors and shareholders. Uh, this thing is called the, uh, the warrant, they love these acronyms, the California Worker Adjustment and Retraining Notification Act, the WARN Act. And it would give uh, uh, employees 60 days notice if they if the company lays off more than 50 employees in a 30-day period, sponsored by Matt Haney of San Francisco. It would also broaden the scope of, to encompass contract workers, which is interesting because California doesn't seem to want contract workers, but it's going to protect them who are not protected by the, the existing earlier WARN Act. I mean, what do you think? It protects the workforce. I mean, the quote from Haney is, this bill is about protecting that workforce from the engineers to the janitors and making sure they're treated fairly during job transition. To be pro-tech, we have to be pro-tech worker. You know, on the one hand, as we've been noting, one of the reasons the Valley is so successful and, and manages to return to health so quickly is because it's so willing to do quick layoffs. Uh, simultaneously, you watch those poor kids walking out of Google, you know, and um, we're already starting to hear complaints that, the, you know, these some of these layoffs from companies are not as nice as we thought they were, you know. Um, what do you think? I mean, I, I find I, myself emphasizing a fence on this one. Protect yeah, the look. workers, but also keep the dynamic of business or companies will behave differently. You know, they'll be, they'll, they might even be preemptively laying off people even in good times, not ha not to have to deal with these extra costs during Maybe, downtime. I mean, 60 days or whatever they decide is not that much of a preempt, you know, they they know how the, the numbers are going to go. And look, I'm not management or a shareholder. I come down on the side of the workers. I think that it's a humane thing to do. It puts the word out. Frankly, it's good for us reporters because of these Warren Act things. We know when a company is going, you know, especially a public company is going to announce layoffs. And I think it's good that the workers know um, these are, humane things that uh, if we don't have something like this, I think unions will get an even stronger foothold in the tech industry. You look at some of the layoffs and right, people weren't really shedding too many tears for Google workers because that's a highly paid staff. But yeah, well, they got, a, they, got a good, they got a good exit package. That's for they sure. They did. They did. As awkward as it was for them to show up and find out that they didn't have a job because, and how did they find out? Because their car key, card key didn't work. That's rough. That's yeah. really rough. It could have been done more humanely than that. Also, Twitter, they went on to log on one day and their screen was gray. That's no way to find out that that the company you've given your, you know, your time. Exactly. There's precedent for that in the Valley. Even as far back as the 70s, Fairchild laid off a whole bunch of employees alphabetically over the loudspeaker. Right. And the people, that's sat, part of the people reason. sat huddling at their desks in fear. Right. As, as it went through the A's and the B's and the C's and that sort of thing. So callous layoffs is not unprecedented around here. Well, and look, 
the unions have been gradually gaining momentum in the valleys precisely yep. because of that attitude that management yep. has towards its workers. And I see that continuing unless and until they show these workers a little more decency, even as they give them good packages on the way out. And I, I'm impressed with, for the most part, the big companies and how they've done that and, and that they've taken care of these workers and in some cases even found other jobs within the company. Yeah, and it'll be interesting as these companies grow, how many higher backs they'll do. Right. And that's, and, you know, that's the final chapter. Do they hire them all back? We'll see. Right. We'll see. Okay, uh, real quick. Um, as we mentioned earlier, the Fed kind of admitted they, they blew it. You know, I thought they were they were raising interest rates pretty fast, but now they're they were starting to cool off a little bit. Now they're saying, nah, uh, inflation is still here. We got to we got to kill it. We're going to we're going to start raising again at a faster rate. So we're back up to three quarters of a percent, maybe half a percent. I mean, Jerome Powell basically did a mea culpa. And so here we go. Maybe maybe next week it begins. Yeah, and, and it'll be interesting to see. But that's the idea that we see more interest rate cuts has been around for a while. I don't think Powell ever said this is the last one. Even with the last smaller one, he said we're still likely to see more. It's just the size at this point and how fast they're trying to uh, curb inflation and, and pull the brake on the economy. And it turns out a gradual pull of the brake wasn't really enough to slow things down all that much. This is foot through the firewall breaking now. <laughs> Possibly so. But boy, you know, we have a generation of people who are really not used to, I mean, look at your credit card rates right now. Look at the mortgage rates right now. They're as high as some of these people have known for an entire generation. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, especially credit card rates. Right. So, you know, Mrs. Malone cut up most of our credit cards years ago. <laughs> I really haven't been tracking the interest rates, but... Oh my God, they're high. Yeah, when when and uh, you know anyone either on the street or a news anchor says, "What do we do?" Because you know, as these interest rates rise, is there anything we can do? And I say, look, it's it's not for me to assume that you have a bunch of cash lying around, but any cash you have, if you pay off those credit cards, you're going to get something yeah. like a twenty four percent return on investment. There's no stock out there that's going to do that. Yeah. Um, but if you can pay off that debt, it has just gotten so expensive because of these rate hikes. That I mean, a it's always good to pay off debt, but it's really good when the interest rate is this high. You're just paying the bank for something you've owned already and and may not even have anymore. Yeah, and one of the clues, early clues, is when you start getting solicitations for new credit cards with with you know high numbers on them. That's you know that's a sign. I, I started out getting letters. Would you like to get a new Visa card, new Mastercard? Now they're actually sending me cards <laughs> that I can instantly use. So, you know, it immediately goes in the trash because I, I've been down this road too, too many times. Um, when the banks like yeah, you, they like you. you know, we were talking about interest rates a few months ago and the, the secondary and, and tertiary effects. And one of them was uh, mortgage rates started climbing. And I think it was not this week, last week, we hit a milestone, not a pleasant one. We cross a threshold where now housing prices, list prices are, uh, list prices are actually gone higher than purchase prices. I should, right. I have that backwards. Right. Purchase it, it, prices are lower than list prices. I mean, up until, you know, a, 
even weeks ago, you see a house listed for 2 million bucks. You go down the real estate table and it went for 2.1, 2.2. Now it's going for 1.95, 1.9. That's a, that's a psychological moment right there. Right. It's a cold splash of water for Bay Area homeowners selling their house because now they're in the same boat as everybody else in the country, which is you ask something and you settle for a little lower. We haven't done that here in the Bay Area in a very long time. And the cold yeah. splash of water is that now that's the average. And who knows how long that will last. But people think about it, even with prices dropping from their recent highs, you know, you may be paying less for that house, but when faced with a 7% mortgage, um, yeah. you know, you start doing the math and you think, well, I'm not even going to match the list price. I'm going to have to go lower. And it's just such a slow market right now because there's very little inventory, but also people are a little freaked out about buying for those reasons we were just talking about. Yeah. And so we're starting to see some of those old instruments for purchasing houses that try to get around some of this. Uh, during the um, the big inflation bubble, you know, during the Carter years, uh, it, it was balloon payments. It was adjustables and balloon payments, and which all sounded good. It got you into a house, but then sitting down the road there was this time bomb, and it cost a lot of people their homes. Uh, so I would I would think people should be very wary about the situation right now, but. I mean, it's interesting to see people listing their houses and everybody's coming in with a low ball number. I mean, when was the last time you saw that? Usually you listed your house and there were 20 people on the lawn bidding it up. You know, well, you right. just took, it's not, took the high. Right. That's when mortgage rates were super low and everybody had a high paying job and the stock market was super high. I mean, right. Things will turn around. These, these things ebb and flow. But I think we're in an ebb for a little while because, like you say, people are just wary both of buying and even of selling right now. And we just did an entire show without much technology. But, <laughs> you know, it seems like, you know, this is the week to be talking about it. So one last item, technology, uh, consumer technology, uh, Ring just announced its new uh, Battery Doorbell Plus. Now, it's battery-powered, but the interesting part of it is it has a 150-degree by 150-degree aspect. So it's basically a huge fisheye lens that will get who's ever at the door from head to toe. And it will actually discern human beings from anything else. So I don't know what the implications of that are. I mean, Meta still only gives you half a person, but Ring... By golly, we'll let you see the the shoes that your FedEx guy is wearing. Yeah, I love this. As if somehow the person on the other end, you know, if you're looking on your phone or whatever, isn't going to recognize that it's a person. Like yeah. if it's a delivery person or a guest that's knocking on your door, or ringing your bell, you're going to think, is that an animal? Is it a human being? Oh, look, they have legs. I'll answer the door. <laughs> it's not the metaverse. They have legs. And by the way, anything plus to me means a streaming service. So I assume we can also stream, you know, Top Gun on this as well through our ring doorbell. So good for them. Stand by the door and watch a movie. <laughs> yes. Okay, that's it for now. That's it for now, folks. You can find us on the Silicon Valley Business Journal homepage, as well as on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Have a great weekend. And if you're in Northern California, put on your ring gear, folks. Here it comes again. 
Bye bye.